Welcome to this edition of the Million Dollar Mastermind Podcast. This is where we pick the brains of high achievers from all walks of life and get their hard-earned, real-world insights on winning. I'm your host, Larry Wydell. I'm talking today with Ari Mizell. Hello, Ari. Hello, Larry. Princeton, New Jersey, family of four, uh, has done all kinds of things. I mean, he's, uh, you know, if you ever wondered about doing a TED talk, he's done that. He's appeared keynote uh, guest speaker at leadership summits. He's been in Mount, he's been in, uh, uh, featured in magazines, his uh, number of programs. He's got his own, uh, I guess, online programs. Is that right? Uh, workshops. Ari, the uh, both online and, and then in person. Yeah. And so uh, he is the founder of Less Doing. And uh, we're going to get into that. But the interesting thing is he's done, you know, he, he's been out there. Uh, he, he, he's got the mileage. He's got 500 episodes on his own podcast and decided to wrap that up. So he's got that experience of so those contacts behind him. And with four young kids, he decided, I need to uh, uh, take a look at my priorities. And these kids need to see their dad. And so he reorganized himself successfully. And he's going to explain how he's working 20 minutes a day. Even Tim Ferriss would be jealous of that. And uh, by the way, uh, Tim Ferriss also went to Princeton University, uh, or is from that area. So. I don't know if there's something about Princeton that causes people to want to get their work done over with as fast as possible. But anyway, you come from a good tradition and uh, has written over half a dozen books, The Art of Doing Less, The Idea to Execution, The the Replaceable Founder, and uh, uh, that evolved uh, out of his inspirational story of overcoming Crohn's disease. So Ari, did I butcher that in introduction sufficiently for you? Uh, or is there some semblance of uh, uh, setting you up for success in that intro? <laughs> uh, and, you know, they definitely opened up some discussion points for sure. Yeah, I'm all about setting people up for success who, who have success to talk about. And so starting off, let, let's talk about how did you... How and when did you get Crohn's disease and how devastating or how, how much of an impact did that make on you? Uh, that, I mean, a, a very big impact. That was that was the beginning of all of this in some ways. I was working in construction and real estate development and just living a very unhealthy, very stressful uh, life. And when I was 23, I got diagnosed with Crohn's. And basically, long story short is that I went from working like 18 hours a day to working an hour a day if I was lucky. And I was pretty sick for a couple of years. And then I started to turn things around and I was able to overcome the illness. And a big part of that, sorry? No, I, no, that was just, no. that was, a, that was a sniff. <laughs> oh, okay. And a big part of that was figuring out how to manage stress and still get things done and not feel overwhelmed. And that one hour a day became like my mantra. You know, what would you do if you could only work an hour a day? It's a really powerful question. You frame it the right way. So at that point in time, what got you up to that point? Just getting that, you know, normal, growing up, uh, going to school, maybe playing sports, working different things. What kind of, what area of construction were you in? 
uh, pretty much all of them. I mean, I think uh, my uh, best trade was probably masonry, but uh, I got in, I pretty much did everything. I, what happened was so okay, before that, I grew up in New York City. My father is an art dealer. My mother uh, is an artist and a real estate broker, and I started my first company when I was twelve, which was a website design company. And then I started a couple others before I graduated high school. And when I graduated, I went to the University of Pennsylvania to the Wharton School of Business, undergraduate, and enjoyed it, but remembered that I, I wanted to get back to work, basically. And so I graduated a year early with two uh, majors and two minors and got back to work, essentially. And But that meant was I, I went to visit a friend in upstate New York. And he showed me these old buildings from the 1860s, and I made an offer to buy them that day, which was probably somewhat foolish. But uh, the deal was that anybody that worked on the job had to teach me their trade. So I spent the next three years learning and doing every construction trade there is. I put myself into $3 million of debt and uh, eventually was able to get out of that and sell the project out. But I learned everything I could about construction, about project management, about leadership, politics, legal aspects, media. I was in the news all the time. Like It was a hell of a crash course. And it crashed my body in a lot of ways, but I still learned quite a bit. Well, you know, uh, I got out of school with a degree in building construction because halfway through, I found out architecture was not worth it. And so by the time I was at the age where you got the Crohn's disease. I built 100 houses as a construction superintendent north side of Atlanta. And uh, I've always thought that was the greatest education I could have in terms of keeping up with moving parts, people, supplies. You know, you've got to train the people. You've got to know what they're doing. And uh, I've always thought that that was like a combination of multiple graduate courses just going through that process and being in charge and getting screamed at if it wasn't done perfect, because, you know, it's like an assistant coach on a, a football team, a pro football team, any, anything that goes wrong, the head coach is going to be yelling at you, you know, in, on your unit and uh, you're on the sidelines, you know? <laughs> and so uh, you become uh, a manic depressive uh, over uh, uh manage everybody just to protect yourself and survive. But you get an education that allows you to do incredible things the rest of your life because it makes you, forces you to get organized. And so as uh, can I ask you a thing about the 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 father who is uh got a have a has a gallery. I guess that explains your I've never seen anyone with a fine art uh minor out of Horton. So that explains your uh fine art my minor there probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I had an art history minor actually, but yes, that that definitely contributed to that. And um, it wasn't from Wharton; that's from the uh, liberal arts school that's at UPenn, which we had to take courses at. But yes, essentially, uh, that was yeah. a big part. I grew up in an art gallery. Is your father? That's not Louis Mizell, is it? Yes. Okay, Lou. I'll tell you this: we have something in common. Uh, uh, the guy who works with me and my art down here in. Uh, uh, Palm Beach gets on the train and comes up from Miami three days a week, and he is in your dad's gallery. He, <laughs> David Oliveira, he does these hyper realistic ship paintings, and uh, so he has been in your. And he, by the way, he was just on the one of his paintings just got on the cover of the Irish uh, 
Titanic Society or something. He sent it to me yesterday. But I've heard about heard about your dad and his gallery quite a bit here over the last uh, couple of years. So it's nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Small world. Wow. Yeah. So I, you must have been at the art fair then recently, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, scope down at the uh, the tent tent down there. And so uh, anyway, <laughs> so we we've got some tie-ins together from the construction to the art to the uh your father and the that that world but talk about uh why didn't you go into art why didn't you go in the gallery business yeah but why why didn't you why was that not appealing to you oh uh sorry that broke up um i don't know you know it's so well it, <clears throat> it's a tricky question so um when i was younger it didn't really appeal to me because it, it was a very slow business i feel like in some ways you know it was like very big deals every other month kind of a thing um and so like that that aspect of it was like exciting i guess or interesting enough but the other thing is that as i'm sure you're you're well aware you know like a lot so much of the art business now is just online with right. people you know seeing something buying something right? so having like an actual gallery space feels less relevant to me than it right. did you know right back then so yeah. uh I, if I were to get into the business, I would probably do it that way. And my my dad still likes to have his, his gallery in Soho. And they're, they're also, um, it's, I don't know, it just wasn't, uh, I, I mean, at some point, I'm going to own the gallery. So we'll stay. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we'll have to get together down the road. But uh, the thing is that uh, uh, Crohn's disease, how did Crohn's disease uh what what are the effects that in terms of the impact it makes on you in terms of shutting you down? What I did, Ari, I had well, I, I was going along great and you know, 12 hours a day of playing golf and cycling and you know, boating and this and that and the other, and then uh cycling after golf one day in the middle of uh Palm Beach, I hit a curb that they had put up. You know, it was coming in at the end of the night and you couldn't see it. And that was the end of me for about the last 15 years, pretty much, in terms of uh, shutting me down. And uh, that's that's most of what I'm doing now today as a result of that. But I could I found out I could reach out if you're talking to people on the phone, the Twitter, Facebook, blog posts. That's where I got into writing the books and the pot, you know weekly conference calls, things like that. So you can keep your voice out there if you, but it forces you to be creative. And with you, you try, you did a lot of things that you wouldn't have had time for if you're in, in construction. So talk about how that impacted you that with me, I couldn't, I had no energy. I couldn't get off the couch, you know, for a long period of time, you know, it was a long multi-year thing of going to about 20, 30, 40 different, uh, medical specialist to get somebody who had a clue of who could get me through the next step, you know? And so, uh, today I'm not too far away, but it, it's, uh, tough when you go from being in charge in construction around go, go, go people, go, go, go responsibilities to where you're shut down. How, how did it shut you down? And how fast was it? It's very, I mean, not similar to traumatic accident, but it, yeah, it basically it just killed all my energy. So um, it happened pretty quick. And the thing is, is that in a lot of ways, I, so I was put on a lot of medicine, which in, in the long run definitely helped, uh, in that period, but in the short term made it a lot worse. I mean, there was just one of the drugs I was taking was a leukemia drug. Like it was just, 
really hard on my body. And so I went from, like I said, working really hard to basically like that was, it was the same thing. Like I could barely get off the couch. You can't absorb food properly for one thing right. when you're Crohn's. Some people get obstructive symptoms, which is what I had, which is basically like food gets stuck and then it's extremely painful. Uh, so I, could, I couldn't sleep well. I couldn't move very well. Uh, and also just psychologically, it's just a total beatdown, you know, that I just, motivation wasn't there. And so you're having to offload all of these responsibilities uh, while you're dealing, uh, you know, figuring out how to deal with this thing. Not, not, and the other thing, Ari, is like, you don't know how long it's going to take. You know, it's just like you're you're heading on this new adventure and uh, land is not in sight in any direction. And so you're having to uh, set things up. At this point, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you have the, the personal responsibilities like that? Or, or are you still a single guy? Um, so it's interesting, actually. The, the, uh, my wife, uh, we started dating about a month before I got diagnosed. Oh, okay. <laughs> so not great timing. Not uh, great timing. So, but by the time we had kids, I had been healthy for uh, a few years. So, because I, I, you know, it, it, Crohn's is considered an incurable disease, and uh, after three years of misery, I was able to overcome it. I got off my meds after about six months, and just had a colonoscopy about three months ago. And uh, there was no signs of it at all in my body. So, they always like to tell, they always like to remind me, like you know, it's not curable. So even if you feel okay, you still might have it, uh, but there's no signs of it. So. It's good. Yeah, congratulations on coming back from that. And what do you attribute that to, that comeback and overcoming what they said is an incurable thing? Uh, data to some extent. I mean, it was really my sort of introduction to biohacking. And that was really where I got to start in this in the sort of like public sphere. My TED talk and all that, or TEDx talk was all about biohacking. So I had all this data from all the blood testing, all the different tests I've been doing, and I wasn't really doing anything with it. So I started to try to identify correlations and uh, experiment on myself. And the, the truth, like the, one of the biggest things I'd say is probably this sort of locus of control that you start to feel when you stop being a passenger of your health journey and take over again. And uh, I just started experimenting different diets, different supplements, uh, exercise modalities. And I started to get better and better and better. And uh, it you know, kept going. <laughs> and so, uh... Explain biohacking to people who are not familiar with the term. Uh, so it's, it's really just uh, hacking your biology, meaning like if you want to figure out, uh, it, well, in my case, it's disease, but how to sleep more effectively, how to eat most optimally for your body, not what the most bad diet at the time is, right? Which supplements actually help you and, actually, and don't, and which versions of the supplements might help or not. So it's really taking a very analytical approach to, uh, to our health and well-being. Thanks for listening to the Million Dollar Mastermind. If you felt there were any valuable takeaways from this episode, please take a minute and leave us a five-star review. Your feedback is important and really helps us get the word out to a wider audience. Remember, we have a valuable webinar that is absolutely free. Register for it right now at whitealamwinning.com. Thanks for listening.